Welcome back to Normies Like Us, the podcast that reminds you it's hip to be square. Riff Raff Podcast. I don't buy that. If only you'd listen closer while we cover Aladdin on a very special episode of Normies Like Us. Aladdin. Aladdin! Unhand him! By order of the princess. Princess Jasmine. Welcome back to the Cave of Podcasts. We are searching for the listener in the rough... (coughs) Sorry. Sorry about that. As you heard up top, we are back with a very special episode this week where we are talking all about the street rat himself. That's right. It's Aladdin here on Normies Like Us with your hosts, um, Jacqueline. Uh, this is Mikey Ababwa. Uh, <laughs> the return of Joe Far. Uh, <laughs> uh, this is a Jacob in the rough uh, oh, here to show you a whole new world. Wow. Nice. Those are excellent, guys. That's right. Ah, and it, it is a whole new world here on Normies Like Us. We are continuing and coming to an end, unfortunately, on our host's choice episodes. It's been fandom February. We're into March now, and we're coming to a close with my pick, Aladdin. Um, You know, boys, I was so inspired. I was looking back. I I was thinking about mine. You know, last year I did 1998. I did something weird. I, I did something experimental. Mm-hmm. I said, am I going to do that the same? I looked at your guys' choice this year. You know, Mike, how many times have you watched Karate Kid since you've been in quarantine? Joe, how many G.I. Joes have you added to your collection since we've been here? Jacob, how many series of Star Trek have you rolled through? Comfort food. Right? You guys yes. are reaching to the comfort stuff. And and to me, that's Aladdin. And I'm just so happy to be talking in here today. Oh, man. That's a great way to describe, I think, the past month. It has just been looking at, you know, those those cheesy potato-y bites. At least that's what I find comforting. But um, uh, just for me personally, too, like, I haven't watched this since, like, the VHS days. Wow. you know. But I've always considered also Aladdin to be my favorite Disney movie and being able to watch that and then the direct-to-video sequels that I didn't get to see. It's been a, a good rewatch and definitely comforting. So good call, man. Thank you for getting us on board I'm with this so on the Magic Carpet that, Ride. Yeah, for me, uh, you know, I've seen I've seen the original animated version and I believe I've seen the sequel. But uh, I did watch for the first time the new remake oh with God. Will Smith as the genie, of course. I watched that last night, and I thought it was uh, pretty fun. Pretty fun. Wow. So I'm um, excited to talk about it. Yeah. <laughs> okay, it's, Joe, how about you? Okay, wow. That is the note we are starting this on. Look, uh, <laughs> like any boy born between 1985 and 1995, uh, Aladdin is absolutely my favorite Disney movie. Uh, this was, while prepping for this podcast, I watched it for the third time in quarantine, and oh my uh, the second time for Prince of Thieves. So yeah, I am super excited to talk about the Al- the Aladdin animated trilogy. Ooh. And uh, yeah, I guess we'll talk about Will Smith. Um, <laughs> let me ask you guys something though. So you say, when you say your favorite Disney movie, mm. um, do you mean like your favorite animated Disney? Because like, are you including all the MCU, Disney owns them, you know, Star no, Wars. I'm, I'm, I'm not retroactively adding Star Wars. And I'm talking like when you were a kid, you know what okay, I mean? Like okay, okay. 
This is a particular um, era again. It's the Disney Renaissance of animation. I'm going to get into the history of that, but Jacob, an amazing question because would I say, well, Empire Strikes Back is my favorite Disney movie? <laughs> no, no, but you could say any of the new not. Star Wars or you know the MCU. I think yeah. you know obviously they've been owned by Disney for a while, so. Um, but for me, my favorite Disney movie is the Robin Hood with the foxes and everything. Wow, that's, really? a, that's a good one. <laughs> yeah, that's a fun one. You know one. what? That's interesting because I, for a long time, I, I would tell myself that Robin Hood was my favorite. It's great. You know, I'd always yeah. have a contrarian and I do like the Robin Hood, but after rewatching this, it's, we'll get into it more, but it is really like really strong in every area. I think story, music, everything. So I don't want to bury the lead, but yeah, uh, it'll be fun to talk. People about. had an awakening on that Robin Hood though. And I want, I want to keep going. Joe, I know Hercules was big for you, but Aladdin edges it out. Oh yeah. Uh, so my, my trilogy would be uh, Aladdin, Hercules and the newsies, obviously. <laughs> uh, so mostly, you know, just like poor boys, like I'm, I'm, sure. in the, I'm in the poor right. boy stories, and uh, you, you know. should go to New Orleans. They got po' boys. Oh, there we go. There we <laughs> go. Boys. Oh, but what about uh, a goofy movie? I mean, that's yes. got to be up there too, right? Yeah, that's up there. That's up there. But I would okay. put that more in line with like Prince of Thieves, which is a technically a separate company. You know, it's not mm. Walt Disney Pictures. It's Walt Disney Home Entertainment. Yes. Okay. Mm. Yeah. Another quick Disney shout out I've done on quarantine was the Great Mouse Detective, mm, which kind of is movie. the intro Mike, to the Mike, stunt Mike. casting. You're setting me up, but I don't so want to go too perfectly far. when we get into the history part of it. Real quick, we're going to jump over right now. I just want to show you guys my level and interest of it. Um, Please, Aladdin came out in 1993. I would have been three years old, right? Uh, it was the first video mm-hmm. game I ever played. My mom very famously oh, tells yeah. a story of me waking her up in the middle of the night, shaking her, saying, Mom, three-year-old Colin, Mom, I figured it out. I've been thinking in my room. I know how to beat Aladdin. <laughs> said, no, 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 go back to bed. Get out of here, get out of here. I think for people our age, we're going to get into the man, the myth, and the legend here in a little bit too. But what Robin Williams himself kind of meant in a bigger-than-life sort of style and character, it's not going to happen again until Jim Carrey. I'm going to show you guys a picture right now of me, four years old, in a genie costume, dressed up for Halloween. <laughs> oh, no that way. Is Look at that is amazing. There he is. He's, he's like Literally a role model. Boy himself. It, wow. I think for people our age... The first time you made your parents laugh was probably repeating the lines the genie says. I think for me personally, I know that like the first time I was interested in comedy, I would say, was your stock impressions, which was Arnold Schwarzenegger. He talks weird. The Swedish chef on the Muppets. He talks weird. (laughs) And Robin Williams as the genie because he is funny. You are imitating a funny person. So and it's it's funny to see like. You know, obviously he was really big in the 90s and he's kind of just doing like his comedy act, but like a more PG family friendly version of it. Um, and it's totally like anachronistic within the movie, but it just works because he's just so funny, right? Absolutely. fucking Colin, before, before we jump into it, I have to say it before I forget it. Uh, Genie Jafar, Aladdin Abu, right? You got the, uh, the old passcodes for Super Nintendo. Genie Jafar, Aladdin Abu, that which pulls I had me back immediately. You know, uh, we'll talk about the games, the wow, Sega one yeah. being different than the NES. <laughs> Joe, I, um, a memory I absolutely treasure was firing up the Pi one time 
and just doing uh, the Indiana Jones Super Nintendo game where it's the same thing, four codes in a row. Or I'm back as a kid doing Mega Man X codes, right, Mike, with my brother, where it's like, this Mm -hmm. is blank, blank, blank. This is that level. Being able to impress other people, even in the era of PS1 where you go over to a friend's house and you're playing GTA 3 and you go, oh, hey, you want to know a trick real quick? R2, R2, up, down, blah, 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 blah. Oh, bro, am I invincible now? Oh, get out of here. This is awesome. Cheat codes were just so different. It was so fucking different then. I, I just, I'm just brought back to all of it, guys. Oh yeah, yeah. I think that's this kind of takes you back to an era, like you said, and, and just wraps you in that blanket of nostalgia. And I think that's what a lot of people have been leaning on in quarantine. And yeah, you know, sometimes you you make a wish for times long gone to come back, but with something like Aladdin, you can always watch it again now on Disney Plus. <laughs> that's right, with a uh, thing that comes up about how culturally insensitive it is. But all right, let's rub this lamp real quick, and we're gonna dive right in. We're going to get our three wishes here when we talk Aladdin on normies like us. Well, Alibaba had them 40 thieves. Sherry's out had a thousand tales. Master you in luck, cause up your sleeves. You got a brand of magic never fails. You got some power in your corner now. Heavy ammunition in your camp. You got some punch in your and how. Say all you got to do is rub that lamp. And I'll say, Mr. Alamzer, what will your pleasure be? Let me take your Odell, jot it down. You ain't never been like me. <laughs> Life is your restaurant, and I'm your manager. Welcome back, da 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 ba ba, to normies like us. Boo! Talking Aladdin. Never had a pod like this. Never had a pod nice. like this, indeed. We're back. We're talking Aladdin. I've been saying I'm going to give you some history real quick, and then we'll dive into the meat of it. But like I said, Disney animation is kind of its own beast. We need to kind of set up and talk about that a little bit before we jump Mm -hmm. into it. And then there are two creative forces behind it that I want to talk about. There's the creative end, and there's the musical end. I think that's kind of what makes this era of Disney animation pretty interesting. In 1959, Sleeping Beauty comes out. And believe it or not, gang... This is the last Disney princess movie that will get made for 30 years. Jeez. It just doesn't work. Disney animation made their blood on princess musicals. That's kind of what you think about. Snow White was their first movie, won them Academy Awards. It's a huge deal for them, right? Regimes change. You know, people behind the scenes say, we got to get modern. We got to throw all this out. It's not working. Two animators... Ron Musker and John Clements are working on a film called Black Cauldron. Oh, yeah. And it is a fucking stinker. (laughs) I don't know if you guys have ever seen seen it. it. I have not. They see the writing on the wall and they go, this movie's not going to work. Let's get the fuck out of here. And they go to- It's too spooky. It's it's kind of like a two adult movie for kids, right? It's just, it's not going to work, okay? So- They go to a big open forum meeting with the Disney heads who are just taking open pitches for any content. And they say, please, please, please just give us anything. We need to make animated hits. What do you two guys have? They go, guess what? We have the fucking perfect movie and idea for you. It's based on a Hans Christian Andersen story. We want to go back. We want to do the princess thing. We want to do the music thing. We can make this work. We have an idea. It's called Little Mermaid. And they say, guess what? 
That's a terrible idea. You're not doing that. We just released a movie called Splash. (laughs) We've got a movie with mermaids in it. It's not happening. What else do you have? And they say, uh, um, uh, and one of them happens to like Sherlock Holmes a ton. And he says there is a very popular book series called Basil of Baker Street that is about tiny rodents that solve mysteries. (laughs) We know that that's popular already because the rescuers have come out. Let's just do something like that. And they make their first movie as directors, The Great Mouse Detective. I didn't realize. Mike, you just said you watched it. A dope fucking movie, right? That was a childhood classic of mine. Have you guys seen The Great Mouse Detective? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Man, the clock battle is so uh, good. Sorry, Jacob. Go ahead. Yeah. Vincent Price. No, when I... When I think about these movies that I watched as a kid, sometimes they get confused. So, like, I confuse this one a lot with, like, An American Tale, which is totally also about yes. mice. So, it's like, they kind of run together in my mind, but I remember, I do remember Don parts Bluth, of this movie. Don Bluth, at the exact yes, same Bluth. time, Jacob, is making An American Tale. And it comes out after uh, Great Mouse Detective. And if it had come out before, they wouldn't have, it would not have been successful. Their movie is right. not as good as... An American Tale. I, I can very mm-hmm. openly say that. But Love Don Bluth, yeah. Great Mouse Detective makes them money, and it's a hit. And for the first time, they use computer-generated animation effects. I don't know if you guys recall the big end set piece of that movie is Big Ben. There's a lot of lightning, thunder, a lot of like airships going up it. That is the first time computer graphics mm. are used in Disney animation ever, and they go wow. This looks great. It's interesting. What a hit. Now, Disney comes to them and goes, we will do anything for you to make that Little Mermaid (laughs) idea. And they go, thank you, motherfuckers. We'll do it right now. But here's the thing. You have to give us music, real music. We're not talking the Snow White, lilty little ballad songs. We want Broadway pop sensibilities. Here is the introduction of our other pair of people. This is where you get Howard Ashman and Alan Menken, a Broadway composer and a Broadway lyricist who had just come off their super big hit, a little musical called Little Shop of Horrors. Okay. Oh, yeah. They had taken an unsuccessful kind of fringe B movie, something Hairspray is going to eventually do, right? And turned it into a musical where people now think about the musical over the original movie, right? Incredible. Awesome. They say to them, please join us, do music for it. They rip themselves off. Um, The big song in Little Mermaid is, uh, I want to go where the people are. Part of your world. Uh, uh, What is it? It's um, part of your world. Part of your world. Listen to Audrey's song in uh, Little Shop of Horrors. Somewhere that's green. It's the exact same song. They steal from themselves melodically. They put it in. They win a motherfucking Academy Award for it, for Best Original Song, Part of Your World. That night, when they are going to accept it, Howard Ashman, the lyricist, says to Alan Menken, his partner, I have AIDS. Oh, man. Unfortunately, he's not going to have much time. Divergent Pass now. Ron Clements and John Musker, huge coming off of uh, Little Mermaid, get to go on and do new animation stuff. Meanwhile, our music team moves on with Disney. They get to do another full movie. They do the music for Beauty and the Beast. Awesome. Mm -hmm. They win a ton more accolades for that. Fantastic. But he's not doing very well, unfortunately. He's getting sicker and sicker. It's not looking good. 
Meanwhile, we go back to our director team. They do another pitch at Disney. Disney finally says, look, after Little Mermaid, because you guys have to understand, the way Disney animation made their money was re-releases. Animation costs a ton. You put the movie out. Kids kind of see it. That's kind of it. Disney knows to re-release in theaters. More kids see it. Eventually, the movies pay for themselves. Mm. Little Mermaid was the first animated film that they released that made its budget back. They go, oh my God, you guys can do whatever you want. And now we are caught up to where we are because they say to Disney, we want to do something for boys. We want to do an action adventure movie. We want to do something totally original. What do you think I'm talking about? Obviously, I'm talking about a sci-fi steampunk adaptation of Treasure Treasure Island <laughs> called Treasure Planet. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah. yeah. Love that Treasure movie. Planet. Disney says Great to movie. them, absolutely not. They will not make that movie for two more movies. They do Aladdin right. first, then Hercules, then Treasure Planet. But Disney says to them, you're being ridiculous. Go to our staff. Go to our room full of writers. We've got movies in development. Choose from there. Mm-hmm. They get two movies out of the bin. Swan Princess and Aladdin in his magic lamp, they choose to do Aladdin. Meanwhile, Howard Ashman and Alan Menken come back to do the music for it as well. Howard Ashman, the lyricist, dies halfway through. He writes almost every song for the movie except for I Can Show You the World. Wow. Wow. So that's our story. That is coming together to make this powerhouse of a film. I wanted to give you all that background because, like I said, it inspires what Disney animation will be from here on out. The success that they have with Aladdin, the ability to make pop action movies that are every genre, that hit every quadrant. Your parents will buy the soundtrack to it. The little boys who watch it will love the comedy and the action, and they will play the video games. And the little girls will buy the dress-up dolls of Jasmine is a formula they try to capture for the rest of time. No, that is incredible. It almost feels like when you the way you put it, it's like the Bollywood template of we're going to have every genre in this movie. It's like it has comedy, it has romance, it has action, it has a musical element, it has scary stuff. Like, you really do get... The everything and the kitchen sink in Aladdin, and it's all executed supremely well. And having that context that I've never had before, and I hate to say it, guys, and it's cool to know all that, but knowing that the behind the scenes was literally saying, How can I target four little boys who are eventually going to do a podcast one day who are all the exact same age, basically, <laughs> who will all say, This is our favorite Disney movie? That is manufactured, that is what they were attempting to do. But, sure. Mike, as you alluded to. I think there are strengths to the script. I think there are original characters, great voice acting, very interesting animation techniques that are in play here. Obviously, again, because of their use of CG, Carpet is essentially a completely computer-generated character throughout the movie, and I think that gives him a really interesting look and stuff. That This movie, I think, stands above the, net, above the rest. They get the success off this film, and they say, please, 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 can we finally make Treasure Planet? They say no again. (laughs) They do the superhero origin story they've always wanted to do, which is basically a Superman movie inside Greek mythology. They do Hercules, Mm -hmm. and it bounces. It's not as big as Aladdin. You know what I mean? They chase this for the rest of the time. Yeah. A Hunchback of Notre Dame. That's a, that's a guy lead. It's going to have music that's just like this, pop hits that, that parents can sing. 
That doesn't work. Well, Tarzan will. Tarzan will. It's exactly the same. We'll load it with comedy background characters. Rosie O'Donnell. She'll, she's the new uh, genie. Of course, people are going to laugh. People are going to love it. People are going to do those songs forever. God damn it. It didn't make as much as Aladdin. It is a dragon that they chase for the rest of their lives. Wushu. And... Or Mushu you know, and Oh my Mulan, God. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah, where does uh, Mulan and the Lion King fit into this? Are they, those are like different people making those at the, around those the Those are time different people 90s? making it. Um, one of the choices when they again uh, were going through that bin was called King of the Jungle. It's what they at the time were making into the Lion King. It, it was again like a very rough idea and they said, it's really not our movie. It said to make. Kimba the White Lion and they scratched it out. Yeah. <laughs> so no, this is our. Yeah. Yeah, we'll talk uh, about all that, too. <laughs> and obviously, Aladdin, not an original story. It's based on the Scheherazade tale, 1000 Arabian Nights. It's one of the stories inside that. You know, it's, but it's, yeah, you get, again, guys, just to give you more details, you get animators who are making the choice of, well, draw Aladdin like Tom Cruise. Like, make him look like young Tom Cruise. Oh, and the person we should cast should sound as much like Michael J. Fox as possible. Yeah, let's do everything that's really popular right now and put it into one movie. And God damn it again, if it doesn't fucking work. Wow. I, I mean, what yeah. I think sets it apart, in my opinion, you know, is every single, like, especially the music, we were talking about that, every single song is a hit. Like, not in any other Disney movie that I can think of is every single song a banger. Like, there's a couple good songs yeah, in Lion King, a some... couple good songs in Tarzan. Frozen obviously has a huge hit with Let It Go. But every single song in Aladdin is memorable and iconic. I mean, beyond the songs, even just, like, the little interludes slap. Like, everything about that movie is incredible music-wise. And they roll it into, like, the rest of the franchise, too. I remember like seeing this as a kid and this was like the first time where it was like, yeah, well, I'd watch Aladdin anything like this could go on forever. <laughs> Joe, you don't really feel that way. Is with, this like, the first the franchise ones. for people uh, that, our I, age? I think you're 100% I, right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like obviously Star Wars existed already, but like Star Wars was done and I didn't watch it. Unfold. It wasn't I was, ours. Like, waiting for it. Mm, yeah, yeah, that's true. That was already finished. And, and this would kind of, you know, not to jump the gum, but, you know, Return of Jafar would be their first direct-to-video sequel. So, like, it literally is, like, their first attempt at a franchise off of, of a major hit. Um, but, yeah, I, I love this movie. It, it really held up, like, watching it again. I'm like, every scene. And I think with the scripting, too, part of, like, video editing or film editing is not about knowing what to keep. It's about knowing what to cut. And when you're animating, you have to know what you want to totally. spend time and money on. And so the script is so lean in every story beat and song. Like, it really flows well. I really, really love this movie. That's a really interesting point, Mike. Just because you said that, before we dive into the content of these films, let me do one last weird outside point then. In animation, exactly how you said, when stuff gets cut, you... You make the choice not necessarily for set pieces, but at the development level, you go characters because individual characters are so hard to animate and every individual character costs you money. A person means that their feet move, that there's another uh, voice actor, that their hands move. You know, these are independent teams you have to put together to do all this stuff. In that development, the directors then go, 
okay, we got to cut Aladdin's mother. Mm. She needs to get out of this. Aladdin's mother was originally a character. We know we're going to meet his father, the King of Thieves, <laughs> uh, one day, which is fantastic. But where is Aladdin's mother? It's something you kind of ask yourself, I guess, but not really. Aladdin's mother was taken out, but originally they lived together. Aladdin was stealing to help her. That's why he's getting the bread originally. And she sings a song called Proud of Your Boy. She has a song where she talks about how proud she is of Aladdin. Now, that hmm. specifically has been picked up on by the right-wing organization, the Proud Boys, what? who named themselves <laughs> the Proud Boys, uh... believing that Disney did that on purpose because they do not want mothers to be proud of their sons. <laughs> So they are taking that name back, the leader said, wow. by being all coming proud together. boys. I thought the politics would <laughs> I did be not realize that. to the new disclaimer at the beginning of this, not to that a is terrible right. far right. Oh, that is an amazing wow. fact, Colin. I had no idea that was the connection there, but that now, is hilarious. Of all the things, when that when that warning pops up when you hit play on Disney Plus, you know. Agrabah is not a real place. It's not necessarily, you know, who knows if this is Persians, Saudi Arabians, what necessarily. Obviously, they are Mideastern mm-hmm. caricatures being played by white voice actors mainly, right? That is kind of the issue of this film. But you would not assume that a political angle of it would be that the alt-right had co-opted a cut song you can't even hear <laughs> in the deleted scenes on Disney+. Plus. Yeah, that That's is amazing. insane. I mean, we got a genie in a lamp, but that is a Pandora's box that I didn't think would get opened <laughs> on this episode. Um, and Colin, you know, you mentioned the controversy of having, you know, white actors playing these characters. Um, and obviously, we'll get into it a little bit later, comparing the new 2019 version. Yes. Um, but it's interesting. I was reading about some controversies over that movie, and they did try to cast, like, diversely and, and get... Um, you know, actors that represent sort of a, um, you know, that fit into that culture more or whatever. But um, the one controversy they had was Naomi Scott, who plays Jasmine in this version. I think I, I should have read this more carefully, but I think she had like a white mother and like an Indian father or something. Yes. And that was or a even controversy. That she was Latino or something, I believe might have been the issue. But yeah, I, I think yeah. you're right. And it got into like colorism and all that because she's more light, lighter skinned, and and so it's very interesting that even now that they're trying to be more diverse, they're still having yes. you know controversies. I 100% agree with you. I had an Indian friend growing up named Nicole Blondie when I was this age watching this movie, and I'll just say she loved Princess Jasmine. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I I'm, I'm not defending anything about it. I have my own issues with the live-action remake, which we will get into, which I mainly stem from hiring a white director like Guy Ritchie. I think that's, you know, the, the yes, problem just to start with. An um, interesting choice, for sure. An interesting choice. But let's let's <laughs> dive into the movie movie here, and we can compare it throughout. I'm very happy to talk that. I'm very happy to talk the others, too. For your research for this, guys, what, what did you watch? I, I watched all three, and I watched the remake. Um, I just I, I've seen at least uh, you know the original and Return of Jafar before, 
Um, but I did re I did watch for the first time the new 2019 version. So that's, I guess that's fresh on my mind, but I'm excited to talk about the cartoons and compare it to the, the new remake. I watched the, uh, the original trilogy and we, we, we did the remake at the top of quarantine. I wasn't going right. to go through it again. In fact, like, <laughs> we, we watched the remake and then immediately put on uh, the animated one right afterwards. So we did the, the real back to back. Uh, there you the go. one and only time I will ever see the live action one. <laughs> right, right. Um, for this specifically, I watched all three back to back of the animated features. The two videos wow. so we watched: Aladdin, Return of Jafar, and King of Thieves. I watched all three in a row, and I have seen the 2019 on an airplane because you know captive audience um, within the, the last year. That. Yeah, it's yeah. I wish I would have had. It. <laughs> I should have more time this weekend and watch the the trilogy, but I did not, unfortunately. And I think we could talk uh, yeah. about, you know, we'll what ones are it. better than others. Yeah. yeah, they're worth checking out. You know, it is what it is. None of them have the writing to stand up to the first one to just to, to yeah. jump right in and dive in and say, mm-hmm. Mike, the opening scene, not uh, beyond the, the shopkeeper, which I don't know if you guys knew, Robin Williams, obviously I did not as a kid, recounting the story of Aladdin, you know, setting it up. Again, probably the kind of racy stuff you don't want to get into now. But the opening scene of Jafar with just a random guy in the Cave of Wonders gets ejected and he says, that's not the diamond in the rough. Bring me the diamond in the rough. Okay, there are screenwriting tips, the, the save the cat moment. We'll get into that in a second. But this circumvents that by being so perfectly set up to, we know, whoever our lead in this story is going to be, he already is the diamond in the rough to us. So let alone when he has that save the cat moment of giving the bread to the less fortunate mm-hmm. kids, we already know this guy's a good guy. He's the hero we're going to follow the entire time. And guess what? He fucking rocks. No, yeah. That, I didn't even think about the save the cat moment with the bread. But yeah, you know he's going to be special and you see his athleticism. His introduction, Absolutely. I mean, the introduction to Jafar and to all, all the characters really is great. Do you guys like Aladdin? I love Aladdin. He's like Spider-Man, man. Like this was the, uh, <laughs> the epitome of like an action hero to me as a kid. And like every quality about him is in all of the other heroes I grew up to love regardless. Like... Aladdin is Disney's John McClane. He's Disney's Indiana Jones. He is the the everyman that's up against a villain three times his size always and somehow pulls out the W. And he wears no shoes, just like John McClane. Yeah, and so I he wears no shirt. shoes. He wears a <laughs> bare chest. I'll tell you, he's, he's not getting service anywhere, but I adore this character. <laughs> and he's even got like a boo. Come on, man. Like everything about Aladdin and his ragtag gang is a uh, stand up for me. He's a lot like the Robin Hood, like Jacob, you mentioned as well, that you like Robin Hood, but he's very much, you know, the Robin Hood of the story, you know, stealing just for necessity. And he gives to the less fortunate and stuff. And even as uh, yeah, Prince he's Ali, he's giving back, you know. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. He's um, one jump ahead of the bread line. Uh, as he says in the song, he's <laughs> a one man crime wave. Um I don't know about you guys. Sometimes, sometimes I'll just watch the songs. And even that, this is the first musical we've ever covered on Normies Like Us because that is a 30-minute section or video you would watch on YouTube if it was just the music of an hour and a half movie. It's easy breezy. The other two are an hour long, you know, if that. 
Colin, I guess you haven't heard my secret episode I did on cats. Oh, that's right. <laughs> that secret. was actually the first that's, musical episode. That's right. That is our first musical. I wish we well, did that. We noted it. Didn't get its whole episode, right? It was a segment. But um, <laughs> that's that's a right. secret episode. Uh, speaking of musicals, though, like I don't like them. You know, I'm not a fan of musicals, sure. generally speaking. But Aladdin, just for some reason, because everything is so top quality, every song's a banger, like we said, like I... I, I I don't get annoyed by the music at all. I, I'm totally pulled into this thing. It, it's magical. It's a magical movie. Every song's a banger. You ain't never had a friend like me. M- Mike, those aren't well-sung songs. Robin Williams does not have a Broadway voice. You know, he has the no. ability to say lines 50 times per second, and <laughs> that's all you needed as a kid. When I would repeat that song to my parents and kind of make them laugh, I wasn't singing it. I would basically just try to do it as fast as he could do it as well, right? And just move and dance and just have energy. There's just something alive about it. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, I think, oh, go ahead, uh, Jacob. Yeah. No, I was going to say, like, Aladdin and Jasmine are good singers. Like, A Whole New World, I think, is a well-sung song. Totally. Which is definitely, you know, to contrast it to the the new one, noticeable uh, dip in quality in the singing, I think, in that movie as well. I mean, yeah, I'm just going to say blanket statement. Every single song in the remake is in every way inferior. Yes, that's what right. big thing that I notice is that they try to kind of remix them a little bit and they're just but not as good. As my issue, Jacob, is don't remix enough. When it gets to you ain't never had a friend like me with the Will Smith version, you're like, all right. This motherfucker is about to do a Willie Fresh song. Like, he's about to right. rap and break this down and beatbox. They don't. He basically does a carbon no. copy version of Friend Like Me. And then over the credits, they play a hip-hop remix version of him doing Friend Like Me. And you just want to go Willie just style. do that in the movie. Right. But but you know what? That was style. actually my probably my favorite song in the in the new one because Will Smith is like a good like yes. maybe not a traditionally good singer, but he's like so charismatic that it works. I think, and even though he's not doing he's not doing a Robin Williams impression, but he's putting no. his own spin on it. And I mean, he was probably the highlight of that whole movie for me, which I can agree is not great, but um, no. I have fun watching. It. It's, yeah. Again, taking a movie that's an hour and a half and making it two and a half hours long is ridiculous. Yes. It yes. exists to me in this in-between world of it's not the Lion King remake, which tries to be shot for shot, and it's not like, Mulan? you know. But it is beat for beat, a lot of it, and they just add it, some things. which. But is, they try to clarify things, and whenever you're doing that, just go ahead and sit down. You don't need to yeah. do that stuff. You don't need to do anything that's like, well, this kind of didn't make sense. This is our opportunity to clear this beaten moment up. No, no, no. <laughs> no, no, no. The old one, everybody enjoyed it, it very perfect. much. Right, just figure yeah. it out. But you just said Will Smith doing an impression of Robin Williams. I agree. I do not he's think not he's doing, doing an impression of Robin yes. Williams. Here is he's my doing theory. his own thing. He's yeah. doing his own thing, maybe. I think, and I've not seen anybody write this down, if you look at the language and the way he's performing in that movie, he says, he ad-libs a lot of throwaway lines like, watch out, give me room, oh, don't hurt him, genie, don't hurt him, you're about to use that magic, don't hurt him. That is a callback in my mind to the album Hammer Don't Hurt Him, MC Hammer. In my mind, he's being a clown. I can see Will Smith putting together in his mind, oh, that kind of buffoonish guy that wore pajama pants. Yeah, that's kind of what Genie does. I'll just do that for my Genie. Sure. 
They are wearing hammer yeah. pants in the cartoon, yes. too. It very <laughs> much looks like right. the drop crotch. Yeah. Absolutely. They also gave uh, the genie his own love interest in this movie, which was kind of yes, weird. Wild. But, um, yeah. He gets why, that in the why, cartoon. Why is that white lady in that movie? Like, yeah, it's that's just a like, very good you, question. You needed a white lady to just like be in love Not with Not seeing Pedrad? I don't think she's white. Oh. Well, Not seeing Pedrad? I think she's Iranian, but you know, I don't know. She was on SNL at one point. Um, I saw it on a plane, so I don't know. I agree. Extraneous <laughs> Small side screen. plot, though. Uh, Will Smith does not need a love interest. I remember, you know, again, this series was so popular. It did spawn a uh, Disney cartoon. If you guys recall, you know, mm-hmm. there was that period of what was it called? Disney Saturdays or, or you know, whatever. Disney Afternoons. The, Disney Afternoons, that entire genre yeah. of bonkers, followed by Aladdin, the series, um, where mm-hmm. I think right. Genie did eventually have a Genie girlfriend on that show. There was a green Genie girlfriend on yes. that show. I can't remember what her name I, was. I recall yeah. that as well. And speaking of the TV show, this is funny because I don't remember watching like the, even the third, you know, the second sequel directed DVD or anything, but I do remember that series really well. And I remember just specifically going to my grandma's house because they, you know, they had Disney, the Disney channel, which I didn't have at home. No, no way. Uh, and I watched the Aladdin TV show back to back with the Timon and Pumbaa Lion King wow. show that was on at the same Hercules, time. Hercules, right? Had Hercules, one where he was yeah. learning to be a hero Young too. Hercules, yeah. They're all on Disney+. Yeah. Plus. Aladdin's is not on Disney+, Plus yet. Mm. No, nope, not yeah, yet, but they there. are, they, uh, according to one of the producers on Twitter, they were working on it. Maybe it'll get there. Wow. Uh, yeah, I love that show. There was a, a crossover event with Young Hercules where Young Hercules fights Jafar and Aladdin fights Hades. Uh, come Ooh. on. Yeah, yeah. They also need like to the meet Greek the Greek Oh God, they could. They jump through time too. Um, this show, right, is taking place between the Return of Jafar and the Prince of Thieves yes. as well, right? So it's like the Return of Jafar is uh, the setup for why Iago's hanging around. But um, right. do we, before we do Return of Jafar, is any last kind of love for the, for the original? Because it it just it, it's all, it yeah. demands. <laughs> Well, like you said, you know, every song is a banger in there. I think like A Whole New World is like a perfect love song. It's you know, the greatest ballad. karaoke yeah. duet of all time. Oh, for, Wait, for Is sure. it the better duet than um, Can You Feel the Love Tonight in Lion King? I think mm. it's better, right? It's a better duet. Oh, hands down yes. better, yeah. Because there's actual like handoff to it beyond yes. one verse. Like mm-hmm. uh, Can You Feel the Love Tonight only has the one verse handoff. This is I love a, the part you know, when they're the, doing... I got you, babe, of Disney songs. <laughs> yes. And I love the part where they're doing it, where, you know, the, the female singer's doing, like, the melody, and then the male singer's doing, like, these different counter melodies to it. Ah, it's yes. great. It's, it's great. like Taking Back Sunday. I mean, it, it, two melodies working <laughs> yeah. together. Totally. Exactly like that. Aladdin, that Aladdin would listen to uh, Taking Back Sunday, too, which is why I <laughs> Dude, like Aladdin. he would. Of course. Yeah. The Blue well, Channel. We'll save Robin Williams talk for just a second, but before we get out mm-hmm. of the first one, character. You know, we got to talk about Jasmine. In your yeah. pantheon of these Disney princesses, blah, 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 blah. Just a fact I want to drop on you guys. Jasmine is the only protagonist, female protagonist, to kiss the antagonist. She has that scene at the end of the movie where Aladdin's plan is botching, and she has her own agency, even though she is being rescued by Aladdin, to improvise inside of his plan and says, Ooh, Jafar, and starts kissing mm-hmm. him to distract him, and then they kind of accomplish their goal together. Jafar, 
Why is Jafar's say- trying to marry her, right? But he's her uncle. What? Is that correct? No, he's not the he's uncle. Is Jafar the brother of the Sultan? Wow, no, what no. Thing he's just right like now. his uh, his viceroy. You know, he's the yeah. scar in your mind. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I always thought it was weird that he was trying to marry his niece. Yeah, right. No, no, you yeah, should put a problematic warning that. before that. You're the well, Game of Thrones fan. Come on. <laughs> yeah, you, again, you just added that incest for no reason. <laughs> if Jasmine's portrayal is so positive, because again, I think she's yes. has so much agency, she's rebelling so much against the system. I would say there's a queer reading of Jafar, right? There's a you know, here's what I'll say. Him and Iago are having sex. Like there's there's no question <laughs> well, in your guys' mind, right? Iago is a twink that he transforms back and forth. That is why Iago can sorcery. talk. For sure, well, for sure. There's that and moment, Colin, Jacob, where literally Iago comes up with the idea and says, well, you could marry Jasmine. And Jafar goes, ugh, what? <laughs> he does not want to do <laughs> oh, it. gross. No, yeah. I just want the power, not the girl. Yeah, yeah. Well, right. it's funny you mentioned that, Colin, because a lot of these uh, Disney animated movies, the, the villain was queer-coded. Like, yes. uh, you know, Scar. Ursula, Little Mermaid, yes. uh, Scar, mm. you know, uh, Hades even. like. Uh, yes. You know, they're all queer coded in some way. So it's very interesting that Disney always did that to their villains. But yeah. And as but far as. Did, I'm, did I'm, that I'm, to I'm, their villains. They did. I, I want to. Not I wanna, their queer characters, just their villains. No, they made well, the Disney villains. admit queer. to having queer no, characters never. until 20 years later. <laughs> um, and they're only background characters in Star Wars. But uh, to Jasmine, right? Like, I think she. Like she's my favorite princess, I, I would say, um, and she does have agency. You know, he lays down the board to, to get her across, and she just pull vaults over, and she yells at them for discussing who's going to marry her. You know, so she does kind of have uh, agency in this story and tries to foil the plans. Uh, they could have gone a little further, but pretty good. They changed that moment in the remake, right, Jacob? She's scared yes. to pull vote, and he talks her into it. You just go, ridiculous. Why are you mm-hmm. doing these little changes? Right. Well, and then also probably the biggest change of the movie is that they added that whole song for her where she gets a solo Speechless. song. Speechless. Jafar which... takes over the castle, and she says, guys, that she will never be speechless. And right. why you would waste that song on the movie Aladdin when you know you're going to have to remake a Little Mermaid movie where the point that everybody yells at you about <laughs> in that film is that your protagonist is, that... is silent the entire time, you fools. Right, and she's trying to change herself to impress a guy, right? Ugh. But, um, uh, yeah, in Aladdin, well, obviously, here's the thing. That song, first of all, it doesn't fit with the tone of the rest of the song. No. It sounds much more like a modern Broadway song. Absolutely. It um, sounds like a and it also just feels. Song. Yeah, it also just feels like they're trying to have a let it go moment, right? It feels like a bland let it go, you know, rip off. Mm-hmm. So to me, it didn't work, even though she's actually probably the best singer in that whole movie, that actress. But um, yeah, very weird moment. Other women of this time, Little Mermaid, no voice. Belle, a woman with Stockholm Syndrome who is locked in a castle with only things that will talk to her while a giant monster hits her all the time. Okay, that is not good. <laughs> Okay, the Frozen girls, absolutely. I'm very positive about that. I love the Frozen movie. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, Nala, is she the princess of the Lion King? She doesn't have any agency. She just kind of like has a kid with Simba at the end. You don't even have the idea right. that they're like, you know, romantic with each other. I don't know. Meg yeah. is considered a, a princess Meg, from Hercules. people motherfucking love Jacob. She is very spunky and cool. Uh, yes. why I would she say Mulan is, not a princess. is up there. I don't know if yeah. Mulan's considered a princess either, but yeah. 
I would put her up there with Jasmine and I uh, love Jasmine. Yeah. That's all I'll mm-hmm. say. I just think she is such a positive role model. I I hope people would see that. Yeah, yeah, I think she's he's up there. I think uh, you know, all the characters in this are strong. Even Jafar is one of the most iconic villains, you Absolutely. know. Absolutely. And like we've been saying, Robin Williams genie, just that frantic energy and it's you know, no one else could have done it like him and not not even Homer Simpson by God could uh, <laughs> could feel those shoes. Yeah, um, set up, Mike. But yeah, I mean, everything about it's iconic and I I guess my biggest problem since they're the same movie with the remake is there's no giant snake. That's Why right. didn't you give me a giant snake? Yeah, I I I, I hate so much about this movie. Everything a, a falls lot. flat. Like the opening song, uh, you know, one jump ahead, like how do you blow that? How do you yeah. slow down the tempo of that song yes. when it's alive like I just can't believe how bad all of the key beats are. Like at the end of that movie, there's like a random Bollywood style like last dance for no reason. And the last thing you see is literally the genie looking at the camera and shrugging. <laughs> and I feel like that is the perfect analogy <laughs> hey, for Will, that movie. Can you just sum it Got up for us money. real quick? Yeah. Joe, every Trick one of the songs, they cut the rhythm down, right? Prince Ali, noticeably Terrible. when the first trailer came out, people were like, whoa, whoa, whoa. It, it does not have the same tempo. What, what, are you, what is going on here? Prince Ali, heavy yeah, is he? People are like, yeah. no, I know Will Smith can do this. What are you doing? Right. Well, again, yeah, yeah they, I think they're they don't just even get Arabian Nights right. <laughs> no, yeah, they're trying to reinterpret the the you know the one jump in front of the the sword or whatever. That one mm-hmm. particularly didn't work and for me. And I think a big problem is the guy they got to play Aladdin. Not a very good singer in my eyes. He's like, not a, good a big problem with him. Mina Musad. Yeah. Zero. He's a big problem with a lot of the songs that like a whole new world fell flat for me too. It's like, how do you mess that up? Like that's such an easy, like, like you said, people can do a duet at karaoke and it sounds better than that. So yeah. very, mm-hmm. this whole movie had like the charisma appeal of a wet sock, man. Like I, I fucking <laughs> hate it. But yeah, you know, hate if it. you're Thanks, shooting this it. on a green screen, if you're Guy Ritchie, <laughs> inexplicably shooting this all on a green screen with these people, you are at least hiring people who can do the moves you know what I mean? If in Friend right. Like Me, when they do the the dance battle between Will Smith and Mina Massad, where they're doing the moves, if they were really doing that, okay, yeah, this guy doesn't have to be the best actor in the world. This is why you did it. He's got the physicality down. No, it's these CGI puppets that you see introduced that are shot in a wide so you don't have to see their faces because the budget's so fucking minuscule. Well, Colin, I'm sorry to keep bringing it back to this remake, but I love um, it. Keep going, man. Again, the the you know when I first started watching this, I had no idea that this was even directed by Guy Ritchie. So the first thing I see <laughs> is Will Smith on this boat, right? <laughs> oh I'm like, what's God, going yes. on? And then so it cuts good. to the credits, and the first thing I see is a Guy Ritchie film, and that blew my mind because I had of no course. idea Guy Ritchie did that, and I was like, what? Well, you had just I mean, watched yeah. The Gentleman, the eighth highest grossing <laughs> right. movie of 2020 as one of the eight films released that year and said, yeah. well, of course, this is absolutely a Guy Ritchie movie. I'm like, Guy Ritchie, where's the British gangsters and, and what's going on here? You know? <laughs> I, I love um, the way you phrased it. smoking lamb. You know? <laughs> I can't believe Guy Ritchie did that is the way you phrased it. I think that's the perfect well, way. I can't, believe- I can't believe he's done this. I think it works both ways. I can't believe he wanted to do that, and I can't believe Disney hired him yes. to do that. So. I can't believe they let him massacre my boy like that. <laughs> they really yeah. did 
do it. But again, I too. thought it was one of the better of these Disney remakes overall because they're mostly Strong pretty bad. Disagree. It, here's well, but Mike, here's the thing in Jacob's favor. It's one of the few that made a billion dollars. It casually made a billion dollars. And if you recall, guys, the release up to that film, okay, the first trailer, they barely wanted to show you what Will Smith looked like. Everybody was like, right. what's the genie going to look like? What's the, oh, is that it? They're going to fix that, right? Oh, the month continued on. This like thing's going to bomb. Thing. This thing's going to be so fucking bad. I can't even believe they're going forward with this. This is offensive. This is stupid. This is, and then Everyone checked it out, even when the reviews were, it's like a two out of 10. It's a bad movie. It's not great. It still made a billion dollars. People show it because it's brand rejuvenation. It's, you know, it's Aladdin. Well, and that's the thing is I was skeptical at first because, I mean, I haven't, I didn't watch it for two years, obviously. I just watched it last night for the first time. Um, But I've seen all the memes, you know, I thought it was going to be terrible and I still enjoyed it. And I think it's more of an indictment about the remakes overall, because which ones are you putting in front of this? You know, uh, Mulan, I wouldn't. Um, Beauty and the Beast, no. Lion King, I haven't seen, but that doesn't look very good either. So really. I haven't seen a single one of the remakes. I would not (laughs) watch any one of the remakes. Aladdin is my favorite movie. So I watched it and I can't believe how bad it was. (laughs) I have seen uh, a Wednesday afternoon performance of the musical live at Disneyland. Wow. And it was better than this remake. <laughs> I have seen Wednesday. Disney on Ice's Aladdin when oh I was a child, God, and yes. it is better than this remake. Well, it say is the, so bad. That's interesting. I think the things that say it for me is Will Smith. He's very charismatic. 100%. And I think him being in the movie is the best thing about it. And then I thought, you know, Princess Jasmine was good. The actress that plays her, she was in Power Rangers. Um, yeah, yeah, I, th- I thought she was good. But the little things. Yeah. Why doesn't Iago talk? Why are you making Jafar's background that well, he, he does was also talk? A but they thief. didn't bring Gilbert Gottfried back. They had Alan Tudyk do it instead of no, Gilbert but Gottfried. But he just does parrot stuff. He doesn't have dialogue like Gilbert Gottfried, where it's like, "Hey, yo, I'm crazy." <laughs> yeah, right. I stuff. Why is it down it his the throat? movie we Yeah, yeah, just. To trash this movie, I mean, even Aladdin, like, he's too handsome the whole time. Yes. Like, he's got a perfect five o'clock shadow. Like, he's always so good looking, even when he's a street rat, before he's a prince. Pop that shirt like, off. Why are you wearing a hoodie? I don't what are you scared buy of? that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I, yeah, I, I, maybe it's Jafar just sucks. Like, I, I hate Jafar it. Jafar sucks. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I re- they could have cast... The casting was weird, but... Um, and if Will Smith is the best thing about it, he's still not... <laughs> Holding a candle to Robin, but Williams. just the fact no, I can't believe. But just the fact like, that Will Smith, what charisma! You know, I'm like, I don't know, man. I did not feel that way watching this. Well, movie. I think I think Will Smith is just has such charisma and star power that he can even in a bad movie he kind of stands out. The fun fact though, I was, I was looking at you know the pr- production of this, and do you know who was the other choice that they might have gone with for Genie when can't they first even announced it? Yes, <laughs> it's mm. you Melissa won't be able McCarthy. to guess. It's amazingly bad, but um. It was either going to be Will Smith or Gabriel Iglesias, the comedian <laughs> that is like fluffy or whatever. Sure, absolutely. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so you either have like one of the biggest stars in the world or you have this comedian who's Mr. like... Mr. Iglesias of Netflix fame. Yeah, mm-hmm. so it could have been but worse is what That I'm goes saying. back to my other problem. Get the guy Richie out of there. It needs to be a comedy director. Get Jay Chandraskar, the broken lizard guy. You know, get somebody in there who knows timing of comedy, where to put the camera to highlight jokes and action. Fucking annoying. 
It they couldn't get so the timing of the right. songs down, no. let alone the timing of the jokes. But yeah, and Guy yeah. Ritchie, I don't think, has ever done a musical either. So it's just no. a very strange choice on all on all fronts. He faced galloping hordes. A hundred bad guys with swords. Who sent those goons to their lords? Why, Prince Ali. He's got 75 golden cans. Don't they look lovely, June? All right, so let me do some Robin Williams talk, and then we're going to talk for the rest because he's kind of in and out. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. Robin Williams is so excited to do an animated movie. It's basically a tax write-off for him. He, he, he's just, he's putting all his energy into it. He's going to do a crazy, wacky character. He's not going to be the biggest part of the film, but he's going to be the funniest, right? I'm obviously talking about Fern Gully. Fern Gully, <laughs> the film that he is tied to do oh, at this time. Yeah. He plays the wacky bat for this yes. environmental piece. Have you guys seen Fern Gully? Of course. I love Fern Gully, yeah. the original Avatar. <laughs> yes. <laughs> we will You're be doing an Avatar right. episode where we watch Fern Gully, of course. Um, he has the bat rap. A lot and, of people. And I love animated yeah. bats from, you know. Uh, Absolutely. Nice to so get me in. Yeah, again, I've a watched lot of all of the movies these... we've talked about in quarantine so far. Well, really? Does Fern Gully yeah. hold up? I would be curious to check out Fern Gully. Again, a lot of people. Tim Curry. You know, yeah. Our age say these sexual awakenings. You heard it a lot about the Robin Hood Fox. I heard a lot about like Furry. the fairy girls Furry. in uh, in Fern Gully. Like I remember that too, and I'm like, oh, I guess so. Interesting. <laughs> For me, again, it's Jasmine. So we'll we'll get to that. Sure. Right. Robin Williams normal, does I this like deal. Humans. He does not want to get paid for it. It truly is a tax write-off. He is doing it just because it's an environmental message, and he he just says this is a great thing to do. He then gets the script for another animated movie called Aladdin. And he reads it and says, this is fucking hilarious, too. I would love to be a part of it. Guess what? The genie probably has like 20 lines in that copy of the script that he received, guys, because he is going to do the Robin Williams thing, which is that when he shows up to record, he just starts improvising and the producers go, "Uh, are the animators going to be able to draw around this? And the animators go, who cares? This is so great and so funny. We'll work as hard as we can, right? And they set out to do it. He takes the movie at scale. That means he's getting paid the SAG minimum rate. He gets paid $75,000 to do the voice of Genie for Aladdin. Oh, wow. That is essentially working for free for someone who has been a star on Mork and Mindy since the 70s, has existed yeah. in comedy television for that time. And then rebranded and birthed himself in the 80s and 90s as a movie star to people for our generation, right? Mm-hmm. And think about how much, you know, Disney probably made off of merchandise and everything Absolute for the last 30 years. You know? Jacob, when he says, you know, a line where he starts talking like Santa Claus or whatever as the genie, and it's, you know, they animate a genie wearing that outfit, that is another doll that they can sell to make right. money off of Aladdin, right? Totally. He does this deal with the belief that they will not use him for advertising, that his role in the film will be very limited, that they will not animate everything that he is saying into the microphone, and that, uh, again, that they will basically just not even include him in the idea of selling the movie. Now, regardless of that, 
marketing goes, we don't care what deal you have with fucking Robin Williams. <laughs> he's the biggest star on the planet. Absolutely, you're telling people he's in this movie. Uh, I was, was going to say, yeah, he, he uh, said, please don't use me for gross marketing techniques. And ah. Disney surely said, your wish is my command. <laughs> <laughs> well, Blast I mean, that's, you know, trusting Blast Disney no. there is kind of, you know, he maybe a little naive it. on his part. He, he is <laughs> so furious and angry. He does not come back for the sequel. We'll talk about that. It is Dan Castellanetti, mm -hmm. the voice of Homer Simpson. He walks away from Disney. He says he's never going to do another movie for them. Keep in mind, this is the guy who had made Flubber at this point for them. He's an in-house artist. They do everything they can to get him back. They declare him a Disney legend, which is like a big ceremony that they do at Disneyland, where I guess they give you like your own little you know plaque or whatever. They send him an original Picasso painting and say, this is the payment you can receive for this film. And it only pisses him off further because he says the painting style clashes with his decor. So they are not in good standing. <laughs> but somehow they get him back, and that is how he ends up revoicing Dan Castellanetti's role for the third one, where he jumps from making $75,000 to $5 million for that role. Amazing. Very cool, directive video. One of the heroes. So one of the things I love about the sequel series is you have, especially if you watch them on Disney Plus, it's extra obvious because Aladdin 1992 is remastered in that Blu-ray, you know, ultra totally. high def quality. Everything almost mm -hmm. looks completely fresh. Uh, Walt Disney Pictures, right? Return of Jafar, basically a long pilot for a TV show, Absolutely. done by uh, Disney Television Studios. Uh, way lower quality. The animation is all over the place. The character models don't match. Uh, you know, Gilbert Gottfried is your fucking draw That's right. Here. We double uh, down on our, main our comedy star. I'll, I'll argue <laughs> yeah. this, guys. Iago is the star for the next two movies because the third one wraps up <laughs> yeah. with what happens to Iago. <laughs> it does. It does. And then, so, and then Prince of Thieves is now Walt Disney Home Entertainment. So yes. all three of these movies are from three separate production companies, essentially. And wow. they all have like varying levels of uh, production design and like money behind them. So it's like the highest quality possible, you know, the lowest quality possible. That's right. And then they come back in the middle. But because Return of the Jafar is so low, Return of the Jafar, he's a proper <laughs> name, uh, because that one's so back. bad, like Prince of Thieves just looks like twice as good. It, like it looks like it the first one all of a sudden, as especially a kid, Robin being back. As a kid, I really love the second one, but it's amazing the quality of the third now. But to, to Joe's point, you guys brought it up. The Walt Disney Home Entertainment. That is something that will persist in this company where every time a sequel is made for one of these things, that is what makes it until Pixar becomes a part of it where they were going to release Toy Story 2, Thrill the Home Entertainment. And they said, look, the last movie won an Academy Award. We tried so hard on it. Give us the budget to make it a real movie. If you do that, we will not release one of these shitty direct-to-DVD or direct-to-VHS at the time, those big fucking clamshells, if you guys recall, mm -hmm. for the Disney one specifically, yeah. uh, and do real quality. And when that happens, it's over. They don't do that anymore. They get rid of that division, and sequels are now released in theaters. So again, just the, the Disney practices that have sort of been changed and adapted, it all fucking starts at Aladdin, baby. Mm -hmm. I mean, I have to believe that the Aladdin TV show came before the Timon and Pumbaa show too, right? Like, 
I have to believe that it was one of the, they saw the success of gargoyles and were like, well, fuck, let's just do it with Aladdin. I mean, there are mutants that he fights in that show. Like it's, it's batshit. I loved it. Hercules sees the success of it and they say, can we get a TV show? Or I'm sorry, they say, can we get a sequel? And they go, no, you're not even good enough to do the the Aladdin 2 return of Hades. <laughs> you know, it's like you're, you're not even <laughs> two getting Hades, that. Two Hades, two back. So they, yeah, they make a movie. They could have Poison On come in for the sequel. You would so. think. They make a movie that is the three episodes of the TV show packaged with a Hercules going, hey, I remember back when I did that stuff. Let's watch mm. it again. And it's, it's again, it's, it's nothing ever comes close to capturing it like Aladdin does. Yeah, whereas Hercules basically has the entire TV show taking place in what was a musical montage in the yeah. film. <laughs> At least the Aladdin stuff, like Return of Jafar was basically the pilot episodes. Yes. And then the show and then the Prince of Thieves. And when you watch them kind of in order, just those three, they do have a complete arc. And in fact, like, I would even skip Return of Jafar and just watch you Aladdin can. and King of Thieves yeah. and just saying, oh, yeah, for some reason, Iago joins up. Yeah. But yeah, he's uh, a good there is a now. nice arc. Yeah, yeah. I, I like the way uh, Mike, the arc one and three is, tie together. Are Aladdin and Jasmine going to get married? That's the plot of <laughs> three movies. This? They meet in the first <laughs> yeah. one. They're going to try it in the second one. And God damn it if they don't do it in the third one, finally. But I'll That's tell you right. what. I appreciate that it's not the, you know, like, oh, we, we had a meet cute. I saved you from an evil sorcerer. And now we are uh, married. That is how this, this happens. I am now king. No, like... It's a real relationship, okay? It takes a couple movies yes. to get there and, and a couple TV shows, and I appreciate it. I'll tell you, like, I, as a kid, Prince of Thieves, I, I, I might have watched Prince of Thieves more than the original Aladdin when I was a kid because there was that just something about mind. it. Like, right, the Midas's touch and the gold and, like, all, like, yeah. you gave Aladdin a cape, okay? Like, <laughs> yeah. you gave Aladdin a cape, and that's all I that's needed great. as a kid. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and Asterix, King of Thieves, but yeah, the um, watching this one specifically, it's like, what if Aladdin was in the Last Crusade? You know what I mean? And like, he gets, what he gets Sean his dad, Connery got comes back. Sounds great. He's got That's he's true. got yeah. a, a dad with an accent who literally is from the Indiana Jones series. Well. It's John Rhys Davies who plays who also his played friend. a guy from Egypt of course, in a of different course, movie. Right. And wow. you've got the yeah. the mythology stuff, the Oracle. You know, I watch that where I go like, yeah. oh, there's magic in the Aladdin world. And I'm saying that as genie is on screen. <laughs> like, yeah. like, you, you just immediately carpet. feel like, yeah, you're like, oh, interesting. The world turtle, obviously from, you know, a ton of proper yeah. mess. And the hand of Midas, Joe, are things I've thought about since I've watched them when I was a kid. I remember talking to my brother probably after we took our showers or whatever that night after we saw it, where I was like, okay, here's how I would move the hand without turning myself to gold accidentally. You know, like just like coming up with these plots where you're just like, Aladdin is the a street rat. The, the I'm a street tiger rat. claw. Oh, yeah, yes, like, come absolutely. on, man. This was like one of the only Disney movies that had straight up action figures. Like there were fucking a Cave of Wonders playset. There were different versions of different outfits and shit. Like it was really like, on par with Batman for me yes. when I was a kid. It was like, yeah, these are the adventures of my favorite street. This is my man. Aladdin. This is my Batman. Yeah. <laughs> well, you guys, this uh, third movie sounds pretty great. I never watched it as a kid. I never considered oh. as an adult, you know, checking out I the recommend. third, the second, 
you know, direct-to-DVD sequel, DVD sequel so, of Aladdin. So let's, let's say Are this. you in or out? Come on. <laughs> Even these songs yeah, The songs are good, too, because they out. stay as musicals, Jacob. Now, uh, the second one, obviously, is a will-they-won't-they they of Jafar returning, and he wants to kiss Iago so badly. He's missed him for so long. <laughs> of course. That the plot is just powers take me it. back and him going against each other. The third one is you find out Aladdin's missing dad is the king of thieves, <laughs> and that he's like right. set out on this and crazy adventure and you just go yeah that's exactly what i want i did it's yeah, also insane too because it's like an oracle comes out of nowhere and it's like you, you can i'll tell you anything you want to know you want to know about your future I'll, I'll tell you right now and Aladdin's like nah i got i got jasmine i know what my future is but i don't know where i came that's from right enter the king of thieves. what a baller line yeah it's it really like expands uh, what the Aladdin verse in a way I didn't expect because I didn't watch this as a kid either. So no. when they introduce Return of Jafar, it's just a retread. Here's Jafar again, you know, Iago turns good. It's whatever, more of the same. But this is new stuff. Like we said, the Oracle, yes. the the pain he's wrestling with. Of, I didn't have a family and I need to know where I came from and before we can get married and all that. And it's like it, it adds depth to the Aladdin character. It, it's It's really good, actually. Uh, in, in my opinion, if you I guys wore recall, this VHS tape out. <laughs> mm-hmm. I believe that. If you guys recall from the animated series, he had an arch rival, which was like a young sultan esque guy, or it seemed like a rich aristocrat from another town, who was magical, mm-hmm. who had like a bone hand inside, like a, a rubber glove. He would keep. He would do dark necromancy magic with like this floating fish that he had with him, right? Like an electric eel. <laughs> totally. Now. His father, the King of Thieves, was not meant to be in this sequel. Instead, it was supposed to be that character, Abyss Maul, and Abyss Maul was going to be revealed to be Aladdin's brother. So no matter what, it was going to be about these familial ties, but they cut it and they said, who knows how many people have watched the show? It's almost kind of like the Marvel formula now of, look, we've got the expanded universe. We've got that figured out. This movie has to be its own expanded universe. It can just be a sequel to the movies. Okay. Like, let's just let it be that. And the TV shows its own thing, even though they're all tied together. Now I say to you guys now, what, what is the future of the Will Smith film? Because if that motherfucker makes a billion dollars and they have this Disney Plus spinoff that they're saying about one of like the rich white suitors who they added in who's after uh, um, Jasmine, why you would make it that, I have no clue. But obviously there will be an Aladdin too. A film does not make a billion dollars without it. Now, yeah, I think they've greenlit one already. I don't want that to be Return of Jafar. <laughs> That wouldn't make <laughs> sense, but would you it's accept a sequel animated. that is King of Thieves live action? Could they just do that with some more elements? I think, I mean, that's the arc, right? That, that's that's the, the story. You know, they overthrow Jafar and his plot and then deal with some personal issues to then finally get married. And then you do the happily ever after, quote unquote. Yeah, I don't um, know. Do they get married at the end of the? Yeah, they do. The, like this, the last scene they do is a them big getting dance married and so. then getting married. Yeah, I guess that's true. <laughs> but I will say, in the original, the camera and shrugs. <laughs> yeah, my favorite right. part of like I really like in the original when you do get Jafar the evil genie. Like that's yes. really fun. So they could very do. Scary. You know, they could bring him back as the. Evil I guess yeah. Genie. Return to Jafar and give me the snake. Yeah. <laughs> 
Return of God. Or, all right, Aladdin to to Jafar to Snake. <laughs> <laughs> to to G. Do you do the lamp. original angle? Is it just you know? Because the issue now is, you know, the issue now is is that it would probably every single one is a critical failure. Well, it just in <laughs> my but mind, they still make money though. They're going to yeah. learn the l- wrong lessons. It's there. There's going to be this need to be well. Maybe it's a Jasmine story. You know, maybe Aladdin 2, Jasmine's the lead, and, you know, this is it's just female forward, and we're going to do this. And it's like, yes, maybe. Okay, totally. Or I guess give her her own Disney Plus movie or whatever. But this needs to be, it needs to be another grand Aladdin tale. It needs to capture what we saw when we were kids, which is, you know, a formula Prince of Persia has tried to redo. Assassin's Creed has tried to redo. The kid in an exotic place who's part of a really big adventure that like joe said it might be fantastically a hundred times larger than he is but he still has a place to play in it and he's still a hero you can love and relate to and he does parkour above all well of course he parkour if it's dusty i I think like (laughs) that's the element of the king of thieves that works the best to me is that it's like there's a new ancient artifact right there is new magic the hand of midas how perfect is that for a street rat who's always worried about money or his dad even that's the ultimate goal right and the fact that he gets rid of it and maybe disney could learn a lesson that just because you have something that anything you touch turns to gold sometimes it might sink your ship and you should (laughs) be careful what you wish for but uh that's my aladdin that's great you know what i think uh you know what I think the sequel needs, though? Hey, guys, it's Gilbert Gottfried here. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I wasn't wearing headphones. I heard what you said about me. I think you should put me in the sequel. <laughs> they give him like three musicals in Return of Jafar. Yeah, yeah. He, and he gets three course. songs. I, I, I can't stand being with these goody two-shoes. I'll leave with yeah. you, King of Thieves. That is the end of that movie because you're like, <laughs> okay, he's found his place in the second one. He doesn't actually fit in. He needs to go out on his own and be a scoundrel again. But and Aladdin's sure. like, yeah, just go, dude. I get it. And he's yeah. like, Jafar was he's abusive. Like, yeah, we're cool. Aladdin's like, dad right. will love him. And obviously right. when the sun sets, he turns back into a twink and they can have sex together. That is my canon. <laughs> and so here's my question. That's, so The father just never came back and didn't want to. That's right. For this new 2019 movie, they yes. apparently did not ask him back. I don't know. He had that like controversy where he got he fired from being an Aflac yeah. duck and everything. But come on, man, you're not gonna bring Gilbert Godfrey back and replace him with Alan Tudyk, who I also like, but you know, he's, you know, it's kind of iconic, you know? Yes. Well, they had him in the booth for, you know, rogue one. And like, can you just like do some bird shit? Right. Oh, like, yeah. You're good at doing yeah. voiceover yeah. stuff. Give me 50 bucks. <laughs> hey, what's, let's throw you a bone here, Alan Tudyk. Okay. What's an Iago? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I mean, like, here's the thing, though. You're like, oh, I wish it had Gilbert Gunn. <laughs> of course. No you gotta have Gilbert but, uh, We already have that version. The biggest draw yeah, for we, me. we already have that version is my thing. Like, Mike, you hit it there where it's like, I've never seen The Lion King, Jungle Book. Uh, what other ones have they made? They made Cinderella. Beauty and the Beast. Mulan. Yeah, Mulan. Mulan. Beauty and the Beast. I, I actually, okay. Jungle Book, I forgot about that one. That's the best remake. That's my down. favorite I, one. Yes. I haven't yeah. seen any of those. I, I just don't have any fucking interest. The only reason I watched Aladdin when it was on Disney Plus is because Aladdin is my favorite Disney movie. And sure. I wish I wouldn't have watched it. <laughs> now, Joe, well, do you know the next one to get the treatment? Uh, Let me guess. Hercules? 
Can you guys? Can I'm you guess? Um, uh, Little Robin Mermaid. Uh, Mike, oh, yeah, Little Mermaid. Robin Hood's Robin been done a million times. You think of Little Mermaid too? Not what if I Fox told you though. it was a movie where the first trailer started with "I can show you the world"? Oh, is it Tarzan? And Aladdin it's a movie <laughs> with Aladdin <laughs> and Jasmine the on the magic carpet. Suddenly they're repulsed. Do you guys remember this ad campaign for this movie? Because no. who's ruining it? It's Find Stitch. Uh oh, Stitch is Uh-oh. in the in the gears. Wait, they're making a remember? live action Lilo they're and Stitch. They're making a live action Lilo and Stitch. Do you guys remember the ad campaign for Stitch? The first I trailer that was yeah. ever I do released that. was Stitch is the gross family member in the Disney family. He's right. coming around and he's ruining all the other movies because you've never seen a creature like this before. <laughs> And, and did you know they had to rewrite, they had to redraw like the third act of that movie because it was too similar to 9-11? Oh my God, what does that mean? Because <laughs> yeah, well, they haven't had a plane they have to like, uh, Yeah, yeah they, they, they have like the aliens trying to like write the ship when it's uh, a, yeah, I mean, it's literally like a space crash of an airplane. Right. Oh, into the yeah. Twin Towers? Oh my God, Lilo, what <laughs> yeah, are you doing? Quite. Stitch. But, it's a Spider-Man um, situation. So Lilo and Stitch is the next one, huh? We'll be back. Yeah, so that's What's the next live action one. It's John Chu, the guy who did Crazy Rich Asians um, in Star Trek mm-hmm. Beyond, I believe, as well. Uh, yeah. You know, I I have I have no faith in those. You know, that is obviously exactly what everybody has said what it is. It's brand reinvigorment. It's to get the copyright laws around to go, we're still making this. You can't prove we're not still making this. In fact, I just shot for shot did a CG thing in my garage that's Jungle Book 3, baby, so leave me alone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, I mean, at the end of the day... Yeah, it doesn't like they make money, sure, but it doesn't matter about the quality. No. It just matters that it exists so that even if it's crap, parents will take their children because they saw it. And then when it's bad, they'll say, oh, no, that's not Aladdin. Yeah. Oh, Let me take oh, you home you and I'll show you Aladdin. Oh, in fact, there's two and I'll other sign ones. up for Disney Plus. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. So they make their money whether it's good or bad because it reminds people of the one that they actually that's like. Disney, it's a lost leader. Like what we're doing. That's, that's Disney, baby. Disney, They're going to make their money either way. <laughs> It's always been. Hey, hey, have you heard of the golden rule? The one with the gold makes the (laughs) rules. Remember, the only thing I care about is the TV show getting on Disney Plus. We got dinosaurs and the Muppet Show. Just give me my fucking animated Aladdin show. That's my work at this point. Dinosaurs get hit with a disclaimer that this shows uh, (laughs) harmful depictions of dinosaurs, (laughs) an inappropriate portrayal of dinosaurs. I go, yeah, I know Disney middle class life. Yeah. Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> and that's, you know, that's it. Um, that's that's my history on it, guys. If there's no other points you want to talk about with the movies, we can dive in and hear final thoughts. Talking Aladdin on Normies Like Us. Don't you dare close your eyes. A hundred Hold your breath if I'm like a shooting star. I've come so far. We're back. I'm here with uh, four diamonds, not in the rough, just my beautiful co-hosts, uh, talking Aladdin on Normies Like Us. We're wrapping it up. Thanks. We were just saying off pod the weird Disney phenomenon, which was adult stuff inserted. Obviously, this started with Little Mermaid. People thought you could see that Tr- King Triton had a big old boner. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no. They've they've come out and said no, none of this stuff. You know, with Aladdin, it's the moment no where boners. he's coming you in to see her. 
gets some off animator the didn't just you know slip that in it, there. I believe that more than Aladdin's of him coming down and very quickly you hear somebody whisper, "Take off, good kids, take off your clothes." Good um, teenagers take off their clothes. Good teenagers take off. Yeah, their clothes. I believe it. I believe it. Yeah. Can I, I ask you guys? It's hard, it's hard to for. unhear it once you hear it. Did you know about it because of kids who told you in school? I think I read about it online later. Not like when in the I conspiracy, first saw it, like, like the yeah, no, I, yeah. I think that was like the early days of listicles. You know what I mean? Really? Yeah, I think this was a playground conspiracy. Mm. Ours was the the frame in the rescuers where they're driving, yes. flying past yes. the window, and there's a, they look at a nudie mag. That's yeah, right. right. Yeah. yeah. There's also I in the Lion King, it says sex, Alleged it says sex. sex. in the yeah. dirt. Yeah. Yeah. No, in the smoke in the sky. Oh, that's like right. Well, they, no, they kick up the dirt and it says it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Whatever it is. All I mean, these Disney's are. A bunch of sex birders. is what it is. Okay. <laughs> They're overworked animators who are not getting even the $75,000 Robin Williams was taking as a, a joke. So, yeah, they are probably putting in weird stuff like that. And it's if all you ever heard the stories about some of the early days of the Disney animation team there. They were oh, sure. pretty wild lewd dudes, you know? <laughs> I'm sure. Yeah, I'm sure they're probably trying to, you know, see what they can get away with slipping it into the movie and just for shits and giggles probably, you know. There's no bigger conspiracy about it, I don't think. But no, the audio one is weird because, yeah, the, the audio one in, in Aladdin is strange because they could have just like re-recorded that and for some reason it got past like all their sensors and everything and made it to the final cut yeah, and yeah. If you listen i think it's one of those Disney like Plus, someone just there. said it it's there and when you someone hear just it just said it and it's like you can't unhear it you know what i mean like i think those, like, i'm sure he's like back off raja raja blah, blah, blah. and it's like oh oh i heard it now i'll never unhear it our brain just i think will smith should have said now. it i think in the live action he should whisper <laughs> hey, up to him good take off your clothes take off your clothes it's me respect your parents but don't wear your clothes i don't light it i just bite it just yeah. love you, Willie. Big Willie style. Big style. All right. Let's do final thoughts here. Um, I'll, I'll start and just say, you know, I, I didn't even talk about the video game that I love so much through this whole thing. But uh, again, it, it was such an early adventure thing. It inspired my love of figuring things out and telling people that I have figured them out, which persists to this day. Um, I, I love you, Aladdin. You, you truly are something that comforts me. We had a big poster of it. I think it was maybe the first poster we ever owned in my basement as a kid. And I would stare up at it, knowing what this movie was called, and I would look at the font written in cursive and go, I wonder what that says. <laughs> because I was four years old. <laughs> Just couldn't, the couldn't figure it Just out. trying to solve the mysteries. <laughs> I used to think... The- <laughs> I used to think that's a, such an interesting way to spell Disney, but no, I, I just, you know, you couldn't know. Um, I was a very <laughs> dumb kid. the funniest fucking thing I've ever heard. Uh, look, this was <laughs> a style, you know, that I, Disney movies, being a Disney kid, having enough of these puffy VHSs, which were the only kind of VHSs that came that way, the specific uh, Disney home library, the fact mm-hmm. that they were in and out of the vault, right? It's not like my parents were aware of that or going, oh, we got to buy Aladdin now or whatever before it disappears. No, they don't know that shit. They just knew it was a movie that shut me and my brother up so much or made us so excited and happy that we said every line to them. They were like, yeah, we should probably own this or whatever, right? Now, I have a very distinct memory of being in the theater for Hercules. My dad took me. My brother went with us. We sat together in the front, my dad behind me. 
I looked behind at one point because I was having such a good time, and he looked so fucking disinterested that I kind of thought, I'm too old for these movies now. And I'm very happy that moment didn't happen with Aladdin. And even after it did happen and I didn't see a bunch of Disney theater movies in theaters, like I didn't see you know Hunchback in theaters. I don't think I saw Tarzan mm-hmm. in theaters. Those were probably VHSs later. I would still watch Aladdin. It, it rises above it. It's not a Disney movie to me. It's one of the top 10 movies ever made. <laughs> and I know that's like a crazy thing to say. And it's not rose-colored glasses. This is something wholly unique that I explained to you all earlier that it is specifically targeted for us. It's, it's them figuring out the best formula of Coca-Cola that they could put out to appease the masses, okay? But that doesn't mean it doesn't taste good. That doesn't mean it's not the fucking best soda. You know, it's number one for a reason. I, I adore this movie. I adore what it makes me think about as I try to pursue writing and movie making. And I look at different characters and say, I would love if somebody was like Aladdin, or I would love if I wrote a strong character like Jasmine. Uh, I would love if I made a character that persists like the genie. And Robin Williams is gone now. He took his own life. You know, obviously he was a manic person. And it's not even that that just comes across in the performance. It was an energy he had in everything. It's sort of what we knew him as. But I would say that this is my favorite Robin Williams movie, and he's not in it, just his voice is. But that voice is something that's comforted me for a really long time. Um, I, I love it. I love the genie. I love Aladdin. You know, I'll, I'll never get over it. I just think it's something I'll be showing to my kids for a really long time, and hopefully they'll be showing their kids on a hollow projector screen, the reboot of the reboot, where, you know, Jaden Smith plays the genie now, and it's <laughs> it's just as good as it could ever be. I can't wait. I can't wait. I'll tell you, man, I'll, I'll roll in right there. It is absolutely my favorite Robin Williams movie as is as well. Like, it is so iconic. It's the, the diet ginger oh, yeah. ale of Disney movies the best it is because uh, it's always refreshing. <laughs> it always hits the spot. And um, it's just any mood you're in, whether you want to watch a comedy, an action movie, something nostalgic, you get it all from Aladdin. I remember when I was a kid, I traded uh, on the playground three Toy Biz X-Men action figures in wow. their boxes for a a boo accessory because it was better <laughs> sized to fit my Aladdin figure. Like he was a very Joe the, story. I, yeah, <laughs> wow. they, they were my, my Batman and Robin of the, the, uh, the Disney universe. I absolutely adore these characters. I don't care for the live action remake. I don't care for any of those remakes. Just do me a favor and get the TV show on the Disney plus <laughs> use the budget and use the re- revitalization you need to do to just remaster all of these movies because I adore them and you got to keep them coming for me. Nice, hold on. Nice. Hold on. Joe, that's the answer. Make a mini series that continues that do the samurai Jack that they just did, you know, make a, oh my God, doesn't have to be so adult, happy. but you know, Jasmine and Aladdin can be married now. What is it? What is that story in the animated world? Just do that. Yeah, please go down to uh, go down to Hades or the underworld and see Hades and yes. fight Jafar again. I don't care what you do; just bring me back to that universe because uh, it's always so familiar, and I love the the take on it. Um, 
you know, it's just, it's just, we didn't even get into like the whole, is it really a sci-fi movie aspect? And I love sure. that conversation as well, because it really just feels so timeless. And I think that's why it's the best because it is timeless. Yeah. It's like a, a timeless fairy tale. You know, you can always, it's going to be around. Um, and to roll off what you said, um, with the show and we were talking, is this the best Disney thing? And, oh, does Marvel count this and that? Um, fun fact, the infinity gauntlet is in the cart, the TV show. There's an episode where they get the equivalent of the infinity gauntlet as an artifact, which is very fun. What? Wow. Yeah. Uh, so get it on the platform and watch that episode. But one problem I've always had with the supplemental materials, like return of Jafar and, and everything TV show is Genie is always drawn with the gold bracers. And ever yes, since I was a kid, a I was so frustrated. <laughs> Why does. do you keep putting those on him? You know, they right, made he's a, free now. He's free. You know, I like the look better Absolutely. with him. But yeah, he should not have them. So little, little side uh, nitpick. But other than that, Aladdin, yeah, it's my favorite Disney movie. It's probably on my top movies list of all time, like Colin was saying. Mike, sorry, just because you're a game guy too. The Kingdom Hearts is—is is the Aladdin stuff on Kingdom Hearts pretty good? From what I've seen, yeah. it's kind of just a direct retelling. I mean, it's cool to get to go into the Cave of Wonders. You do the escape from the lava flow, which is like uh, the second best temple I was just escape. About to ask, yeah. yeah, yeah. The Aladdin stuff was always my favorite. The music's remixed and in the background, you get to have Aladdin on your team. It's—it's it's great. As cynical as I was about Kingdom Hearts three. I do like Kingdom Hearts 1 and 2, always going to Agrabah. And uh, on the note of video games, did you have the Super Nintendo or the Sega Genesis one? I had the Super Nintendo. Now that I've got the Pi, I've played both. Obviously, you're bringing up, this is one of the first early distinctions of, I'll go over to my friend's house. I'm good at Aladdin. He's got a Sega, but so what? Oh, it's completely different. (laughs) Oh, no. A a, different company. Yeah. Yes. And uh, the other interesting note is the Super Nintendo version um, was made by Shinji Mikami, uh, who also did the Goof Troop game, but he invented Resident Evil. So. Oh, my God. So there you go. Because it it really is one of the best video games of all time. Easily. Easily. I remember playing that at my cousin's house. I thought it was on PlayStation, but I don't. Maybe I'm remembering it wrong. Maybe it was a Sega Genesis. Well, it was a port, or but there's Genesis, Super Nintendo, and yeah, just I like to tie stupid connections together. So thanks, Aladdin, for Resident Evil. <laughs> I really appreciate it. <laughs> Uh, It's it's fantastic. I really enjoyed Colin, this recommendation. I I got to watch the sequels that I'd never seen before. And I definitely appreciate King of Thieves and uh, the original movie is still one of my favorites. And thanks for allowing me to relive some of these um, these precious memories in what's still unfortunately pandemic time. But we're turning a corner. Uh, We'll see what happens. Jacob, how about you? You want to tell us how great uh, the the remake was? (laughs) Sure, I'm ready. Well, you know, as... A slight contrarian here, you know, Jacob Gottfried here. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, you did it to me. I'm probably, <laughs> um, I'm probably the least uh, Aladdin fanboy here. I, you know, I think it's a good movie. It's not my favorite Disney movie. It's not my favorite movie. It's not my top 10 favorite movies, but it you is a good movie. You love Treasure Planet. <laughs> <laughs> I do. I do. I mean, if you know anything about me, I love space movies and I like pirates too. So space, sure. space pirates is great. Um, <laughs> I was a big fan and I like the ideas of the, sh- the ships with the sail, like the solar, solar sails. Solar sails. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. I also love Titan AE. Uh, another <laughs> sci-fi movie. A, a movie that destroyed Don <laughs> oh. Blue's studio. We said it before. He yes. makes American Don Tale. Blue. They we should do a full Disney. episode. 
Then he does Titan A.E. and he's never allowed to make an animated movie. <laughs> it was a great movie too. So <laughs> it is amazing that that happened. It's so, too smart. That, that was its problem. It was way too fucking smart. Yeah, it had a, yeah. a pop punk soundtrack that fucking slapped. <laughs> yeah, it was great. Matt um, Damon, Drew Barrymore, Matt come Damon, on. Yeah. Uh, oh, it was great. I got to rewatch that. Um, but Aladdin. <laughs> I got the DVD. You can come over. <laughs> <laughs> I'd love to. Um, but yeah, like Aladdin, you know, it is a good movie. Uh, I'm I'm going to have to rewatch. I'm going to have to watch The King of Thieves now because the way you guys Absolutely. described it sounds amazing. So I'm going to have to check that out on Disney+. Plus. Um, but, you know, again, I did watch the new version and is it a good movie? No. Is it a bad movie? Yes. But, you know, I I had fun watching it. So <laughs> I can't complain too much. Um, you know, there was enough to keep me engaged. And I didn't even want to watch it. I was like, all right, I'm going to have to watch this stupid movie. <laughs> to do research for this podcast. You, you know. can give it, I guess. Is it a good movie? No. Did, did I want to watch it? No. Did I like it? No. <laughs> No. But Did being forced to no. watch it for <laughs> yeah, this yeah. podcast ended up being an okay thing, okay way to spend my time. I didn't regret it. And, you know, I love Will Smith, so <laughs> can't complain too much. Critics are raving. It was an okay way to spend my time. <laughs> for what it's worth, I did, I did wish that Jacob would watch it. So that is why he was forced <laughs> yeah. to. I love, it. I love how he was forced to watch this one. And all of us were like, uh, yeah, I watched all the original. Yeah, I didn't watch ones. that one. And Jacob's like, oh, I did the opposite. Well, I didn't know you guys' plan until last night. And then I was like, oh, yeah. shit, I better watch this. I really watched it. Exactly. I've never seen it before. And, and I was like, I've seen the original. I don't need to rewatch it, but I should now just go rewatch that whole Absolutely. trilogy. And I've loved doing these fantastic fandom February Hell things yes. with you guys because it's just gotten me into. I mean, it's gotten Colin into Deep Space Nine. Look, you know, it's gotten me into <laughs> Aladdin. <laughs> I'll be honest with you guys. I have finished Cobra Kai. Okay, I have finished season one wow, of Deep Space season Nine. Four. I watched season both three? the GI Joe movies and the animated movie. Mm-hmm. And. I was still very pleased to watch Aladdin. I've, I've, I think we've all had some amazing picks this month. It's been, yeah, it's been a great time. So, uh, you know, thanks for the picks, guys. Like we, I think we yes. all did a great job. I'm very happy with our selections. Yeah, yeah. As, I know as, that- as fun as it's been, I am super excited for the coming weeks because there yes. are a bunch of really big pop culture moments coming. And I cannot wait to talk about all of them with you guys. Hell yeah. Yeah, and if I had Snyder but cut. one wish, I was going to say, I would wish that you would Ooh. like, share, and subscribe to the Normies <laughs> Like Us and all the social medias. Uh, that sounds good to me. And if I yeah. had one right, wish, I would ask lamp, you to baby. follow that account too. Like he said, at Normies underscore like underscore us. Check us out. Hit us up. Again, we're done with this stuff. We kind of got our months planned out. You know what we're going to be talking about as stuff gets released. But we got some spare months. Write in and say, God, you had your fandom picks. Uh, I loved you guys talking about Deep Space Nine. I want a whole Enterprise episode. Right, make Colin watch those too. We'll do it. We'll do it. Hit us up right now, Normies. Let Voyager us know. first. Scott Bakula <laughs> Legends episode. Quantum <laughs> Leap, go. NCIS, Quantum, Quantum and Enterprise. Oh I'll tell you what. With my final wish, I'm going to give them their freedom back, and we're going to let you go. <laughs> and we'll see you next time on Normies Like Us. Bye. Bye, Normies. <laughs> Jacob Gottfried signing off. <laughs> Colin Genie.
hell yeah, this is Aquaman, and if you enjoyed that episode, I'd really appreciate it if you give it a like, share, and subscribe on iTunes, and you'd really be one of my man if you share with a friend. We'll be seeing you around. Rick him, rack him, rack him, Rick, stick that sword into that snake! You stay out of this! Jafar, Jafar, he's our man if he can't do it. Great!